And as, as we start, I think I need to start off with a little bit, little bit uh, of a confession. Um, because this, this, this week, this past week, I kind of went, went down this, this, this shady kind of rabbit trail. Uh, I was doing some research for this series, I was doing some research for this Blameless series, and I ran across this, this list of petty acts of revenge. And it just captivated me, and I spent far too many hours just clicking on things and reading these stories. It is just amazing how clever people can be, and this list, it just, it it captured my attention. And I I think my favorite thing on the list, at least of the ones that I can share in church, um, my favorite on the list was this woman who had this, this boss, and this boss was just mean and nasty. And so before she, she resigned from her position, One afternoon, she went into his office and she got onto his computer and she opened up a brand new Word document. And then she found this other page. She found this list, this list of the the top 200 most commonly misspelled words. And then she typed all of those words. She misspelled all of those 200 words into that document. And then she saved them all to his dictionary. What she did, she essentially just completely ruined his spell checker. She wrecked his spell checker from that time going forward. And I thought, wow, if she could just use those powers for good. Um, I was impressed, so I went and told Carrie, but I went and told my wife uh, uh, about it. And and she one-upped me. Because she told me about this story that she had heard, this story about this woman over in England who who got revenge, who got back at her ex-boyfriend. She took raw shrimp and she stuffed him in the hollow end of the curtain rod in his apartment. That dude never found the source of that smell either. It, it is or it was the literal stink of unforgiveness. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks. How to forgive. How to blame less. In fact, the title from this series, it's inspired by the 17th chapter of the gospel, or excuse me, the 17th uh, chapter of the book of Genesis, where, where God is speaking to Abram and God tells Abram, he tells Abram to be blameless. Literally in the Hebrew, what God is saying is, is Abram, be complete. Be mature, mature in your faith. Abram, grow up. Because we know, we know that One of the biggest struggles, one of the the biggest obstacles for a lot of us, for a lot of us, we who love Jesus, one of the biggest obstacles for us growing up, it's this, it's forgiving. It's it's forgiving those who've hurt us. It's forgiving those who've wounded us, especially our friends, especially our families, those, those people who are in our lives, those people who should have known better. Because really, uh, think about it. How, how many of us are in here this morning? How many of us are waiting? How many of us are waiting for an apology, an apology that might not ever come? How many of us are waiting for, um, for an apology that, that won't come? Or maybe in some cases, an apology that can't come. We're waiting. But I think we need to be really clear as we start this series off this morning. We aren't talking uh, about reconciliation here. Reconciliation, reconciliation takes an apology. Reconciliation takes two. But we're not talking about reconciliation. What we're talking about is forgiveness. And forgiveness only takes one. It only takes us. It takes us 
Just coming to the determination, it takes us deciding that, that the freedom that forgiveness brings, that it's worth it. And friends, it is. It's worth it. I mean, truly, forgiveness, it is the, it is the most selfish, it is the most self-centered, it is the most self-serving thing that we can do that will make God smile. That's actually what we see in our scripture for this morning. So if you've got your Bibles with you, go ahead, and open, go ahead and open them up. We're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew this morning. Matthew chapter 6. So open up your Bibles if you have them. Maybe you have a Bible app on a cell phone with you this morning. Go ahead and turn it on. Again, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, right there in the, in the heart of the, the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to re- begin our reading this morning with verse 9. So Matthew chapter 6, beginning our reading with verse 9. Friends, hear the word of the Lord. This is Jesus speaking. And our Savior says, Pray then in this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And and do not bring us into the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It was the one thing. It was the one thing the disciples asked Jesus to teach them. Lord, teach us how to pray. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to to preach or how to teach or how to heal. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. But right there at the very end of the Lord's prayer, Jesus adds this little zinger. There's this zinger there at the end of verse 15. And Jesus says that that if we won't forgive others their trespasses, neither will God forgive us ours. And honestly, I, I really struggled. We really struggled with those words this week. I even went back into the Greek to see if I could find us some wiggle room. I went back to see if I could pull some, I don't know, some, some original language prestidigitation, see if I could find some way of us skimping on it. But friends, there, there wasn't any, there isn't any, there is no wiggle room. And I think that's exactly what Jesus was trying to say. When it comes to faith, when it comes to forgiveness, there is no wiggle room. It's non-negotiable. It's not optional. It is required. We must forgive. There's no wiggle room. There's no wiggle room because maybe more than almost anything else, unforgiveness, the stench of unforgiveness, it, it stymies us. It, it stops us. It, it stops us from growing. It keeps us from maturing. It keeps us from growing up. But, um, but forgiveness, it's, it's not some transactional sort of thing. Forgiveness, it's not, a, it's not a, a Christian quid pro quo. See, salvation, salvation doesn't work like that. Salvation is only by grace. It's only by grace through faith in this God who delights in forgiving. I mean, even Jesus said it. Jesus himself said that there is only one unforgivable sin. And this isn't it. And so what I think Jesus was saying is that our unforgiveness, our unforgiveness is a sign. I think Jesus was saying that our unforgiveness is, 
is this deep sign, the sign that, that we haven't yet fully experienced the, the freedom that he offers. He's saying it's a sign. I think Jesus here is saying that our unforgiveness is, is a sign that there is sp- still a, a spiritual hardness within us that, that we still need him to redeem. It's a sign. In fact, this past week, in fact, ever since Pastor John's office flooded, we've been having a couple of issues. We've been having some problems with the electronic locks that we have on all the doors uh, around campus for the past week, week and a half or so. Only about half of our card keys would, would actually work to get us in the building. But, but just this past Thursday, the part came in and it was supposed to fix everything. Um, well, as it turns out, it ended up locking all of us out of the building. <laughs> I mean, we could get out of the building, we just couldn't get let back in. Uh, and and I, know, I know that it has famously been said that to forgive someone is like setting a prisoner free only to discover that we're the prisoner. Um, but I think what Jesus is saying here is that, the, that that works both ways around too. That unforgiveness, unforgiveness then locks us out. Unforgiveness keeps us out. Unforgiveness locks us out of of the good stuff of life, grace and, and mercy and gratitude and joy. It keeps, us, it keeps us from remembering all those things of which we have been forgiven. That's why there's no wiggle room. That's why we got to do it. It's for our own benefit. You and me, in faith, we must forgive. But just like with the Sabbath that we were talking about all last month, it's, it's one thing to know that that we have to forgive, but it's another thing entirely to know how to forgive. Todd, thank you for that. Thank you for bringing this passage alive. And Todd raised a question that all of us have. How do we forgive? How do we blame less so that we live the life that God wants us to live? Three words I wanna lift up to, to guide us this morning. And the first word is awareness. We need to be aware of those things we're holding on to. The bitterness, the disappointment, the anger, those things that we're holding on to and be aware of how it's hurting us. I think there's some honest reflection that needs to go on. I love Lewis B. Smeeds. We've used his work and he's talked a lot about written books about forgiveness and articles and we've studied him a lot. And there's something he says that's so profound. He said, one of God's better jokes on us was to give us the power to remember the past and leave us no power to undo it. If we could only choose to forget the cruelest moments, we could, as time goes on, free ourselves from pain. But the wrong sticks like a nettle in our memory. The only way to remove the nettle is with a surgical procedure called forgiveness. It's not as though forgiving were the remedy of choice among other options, less effective but still useful. It is the only remedy. The remedy has existed since the first wrong done one human being by another, yet people still punish themselves with the pains of a past long gone, or they punish others in a futile passion to get revenge. Tribes slaughter tribes, ethnic groups assault other ethnic groups, gangs shoot up other gangs, couples break their marriages and divide their families into weeping pieces, all because they will not make use of the one means given to us for recovering from the insults and injuries of a past that never should have been. Why do people surrender their tomorrows to the unfair 
pain of their yesterdays. So much to think about. And I love the quote that Smeeds had about the prisoner set free. <clears throat> the truth is we know folks that are stuck in that prison of unforgiveness. And we know people that are just stuck with anger and regret and disappointment and things that have gone wrong and they're literally in that prison cell. And here's the real danger. Sometimes we may be stuck there and we're not even aware of it. We're in denial. We don't know that what's really going on is a lack of forgiveness. Because when we've been wronged, we want to move on too quick. We put our happy face on, we want to make it right. And we don't do that deep, soulful work that we need to, to unpack our lack of forgiveness. And when that happens, we are stuck in a prison cell that literally blocks us from God and keeps us from the relationships with each other. And we're not even aware of it. So that's why Jesus said, this is not an option. This isn't a suggestion. If you don't forgive others, neither will your heavenly father forgive your trespasses. Because Jesus knew that a lack of forgiveness just leaves us locked out and of awareness of, of God's grace that he wants to pour out to us and flow through us. So how do we become aware of how a lack of forgiveness is affecting us? I jotted down just a few thoughts to guide our thinking. The first thing is this, we need to recognize the value of forgiveness and how it can improve our lives. Secondly, we need to identify what needs healing and what we need to forgive. And we need to be very specific about that, name it. And then we need to acknowledge our emotions about the harm done to us, recognize how those emotions affect our behavior. You see, we begin by being aware, being aware of how a lack of forgiveness is hurting us. But then that leads us to a second thing. Once we're aware, we need to choose to forgive. We need to know that forgiveness is always a choice. Forgiveness is an act of the will. It's not an act of the heart. And that is there's sometimes we don't want to forgive that we know we need to. There are times we want to mess up somebody's spell check and put shrimp in their shower rods. But we know that only leads to more pain to ourselves. We may not want to, but we have to choose to forgive. In fact, I love Shauna sent the choir something, I think last week, it was some New Year's resolutions from a Jesuit priest, and there was just some wonderful advice. I love these lists, and on there, there's one that grabbed my attention. It said, release yourself from your grudges. In other words, forgive. It's ridiculous to hold on to things for so long. It eats away at you like a cancer and poisons the other person's life. It also most likely serves to turn them against you even more. You think you're justified in being mad. You probably are. People can be mean. Let it go. You see, that's the choice we have to make. Let it go. I was thinking back when I was first at White Chapel in the early 1990s, I taught the Disciple One Bible study course. It was a 34-week, very intense study of the whole Bible. And when we got to the New Testament, it was amazing how many lessons were on forgiveness. 
because this is a constant teaching of Jesus, not only in his lessons, in his parables, and it seemed like we were talking about forgiveness all the time. And I told the class a story that I had a little box that I'd been keeping with me in every church I had pastored. This was back in the day, this is the early 90s before email. But when I would get mean, ugly letters from people that hurt my feelings, I would put those letters in this little box. And I carried it with me from church to church. So I had quite an accumulation of hurtful letters that I was carrying in the box. And so I shared it with the class and a little later we had forgiveness and I shared it again. And I guess I shared it one more time and my good friend Dave Hauser was a member of that Bible study. And he said, John, you're talking about forgiveness and you, you say that you have forgiven and you're trying to heal yourself. Don't you think you ought to get rid of those letters? And that's a big old ouch that was wise. And I thought about what Dave said. And a few days later, I remember, you know, Dave is exactly right. So I went to that box and I took all those letters and I took them home and I built a fire in the fire pit and I burned up all of those letters. And I will tell you, as soon as I did, as soon as I saw the smoke rising, I felt better. I felt release. I let go of some of that pain and that heartache that I was carrying, and I felt God's healing touch. But I had to let it go. Because Nelson Mandela is right. Remember what Mandela said? Resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. <clears throat> Doesn't work. That's why Jesus said, you must Forgive. If you don't, your heavenly Father will not forgive your trespasses. We need to choose to let it go. And the final thing, if we want to forgive, we need to think about Jesus. It's one of the greatest things about Jesus. He didn't just teach us how to live. He showed us. He modeled for us. Think about the cross the most agonizing moment in human history as Jesus was suspended between heaven and, and earth to bear our sins. And he looked down at the crowd in front of him that were taunting him and making fun of him, the very people that had shouted crucify, the very people that had beat him and spit upon him. And even at the hour of the cross, they're there mocking him. They're gambling for his clothes. They're taunting him, saying, if you're really the Messiah, go to heaven, send the angels down to release you. They're making fun of him. And in that horrible, agonizing moment, Jesus looked at those people and remember what he prayed? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's why Jesus is our model, because Jesus knew that it's only forgiveness that could break the cycle of ungrace and hatred in our world. It's only forgiveness that can break a hardened heart and help us be aware of God's love and let that love flow through us. So every time we come to his table, we remember the cross and we remember Jesus' love for us. And as we come to this table, he still prays for us. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we know as we receive his forgiveness, we know, we know 
We know we may not like it, but we know we must forgive the one who has wronged us. So when we come to the table, we come and we act. These are the things we do. We come and have an awareness of our heart, of those grudges we're holding on to that are tripping us up. We come and we choose to let it go. And we come and we think about Jesus and we dare to live and to love his way. I love the way the old poet, poet, poet put it. <laughs> the old poet really wrapped up what we're talking about, I think in a beautiful way. Remember what was written? If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior, a savior who came to forgive us and then sends us out to be his agents of forgiveness. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you. As we come to your table, we're reminded of the greatest gift. We who were sinners, you bore our sins on the cross. You offer us forgiveness that we do not deserve. And as we come, Lord, may us just be aware, may we focus on you and think about you and what you have done for us. But Lord, may we also come and may we have an awareness of those places that are holding us back, those places that keep us from experiencing your freedom, those places that imprison us. And Lord, help us know we can choose to let it go. We can choose to put it into your hands and allow your love and your freedom to flow through us. So Lord, we pray for your mercy and for your grace as we come to your table May we hear again the good news of your forgiveness. And then may we go forth and forgive others as you have commanded us to do that your light will shine through us and bring hope to our troubled world. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.